welcome to Duck Blind. I'm Jill Schroeder, and this is our podcast from Grey Duck Gallery here in Austin, Texas. Today I'll be chatting with local artist Elizabeth Childs. Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks for joining me in the Grey Duck Courtyard. Hey, Jill. It's great to be here. So, um, many months ago, um, when you invited me to your studio, you were starting on a new body of work that incorporated fabric and shadow. I thought it was an exciting jump uh, in your work. Can you tell us how this project got started? Sure. Yeah, I remember that uh, visit with you well. That was a lot of fun and great to show you that that start. And I appreciate the leap you were able to make and those <laughs> beginning images to, to imagine how it might become the project that's on your walls uh, now. As with a lot of projects, I suppose, it's like a lot of different things pointed in the direction of this. And then finally, I was like tuned in enough and mm-hmm. listening enough to like that little voice inside that had questions and curiosity um, about the fabric, about um, what that might become. So a few things I had, you know, observed for years, uh, light and shadow play and had some early work in graduate school and even before um, that just focused on those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter's curtain in her room is, is just like got a, a loose linen weave and um, the, the light in the morning is really beautiful on it. And mm. I decided to try to photograph that at some point and I did and it was, they were, they were lovely and, but it just felt like the beginning of something, the start of something. And, um, and so I realized I needed to have some more control over that. And so I needed a, a piece of fabric, a traveling piece of fabric, if you will, <laughs> not one that was like fixed to the window. Right. So um, I found the right piece of fabric and started traveling it. That was the the very beginning. And then working with, you know, the images themselves at that point and, and how that, how it was actually translating into image making and then what it stood for and how, how it worked with, ideas I have about photography was um, like that. Then it became really meaty (laughs) and became really interesting for me. So the ideas you have about photography, can you expand a little bit about that or? Oh yeah. It's my favorite topic probably. (laughs) Or not one, one of my favorite topics that and uh, flowers in your garden, like that beautiful passion vine you have out front. Yeah. Yeah. So ideas about photography, Um, you know, so many questions about photography. Um, it's, it's literalness and all of the abstract qualities that it has in terms of its relationship to time and truths as we experience them. So how, how to get photography to do some of the things I, I want it to do. Um, let me, let me think. Um, Maybe it, we should bring the poppy into the conversation because haven't you talked about like how it transcends time and um, and does something for you that not all all flowers do and um, and the poppy is a star of of this exhibition. So when I started working on this project, I was photographing all the plants in my garden, you know, just to see what I uh, would make and um, you know how they would relate to to this. Uh, process, which includes sort of separating the foreground and the background. And once I started working with the poppy, it just, it took over. And for, for a variety of reasons, it feels like unique enough of each individual flower feels unique enough to me to have a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, they don't feel so concrete 
um, and uh, like a rose does. It's phys- the physicality of a rose. Um, just my eye, when I look at a rose, it rests completely on it as an object. It has a, such a physicality. Whereas something like the poppy is is perfect for me and my interest in the, this like right between something that's material and physical and something that's immaterial. Um, and so there's a there's a translucency or semi-translucency in the poppy petals because they're so thin and there's yeah. so few um, and a delicacy there. But then there's also that physicality in that face. Like it has in that way, it has like a personality. Um, and then our associations with it, the poppy culturally, I think um, were of interest to just the, the Alice in Wonderland kind of magical um, transcending aspect of it. In so many ways, it, thinking about the poppy, engaging with its physicality, and also conceptually, I, I just really re- was thrilled by it. So, w- when you started this process, it wasn't the main. The poppy wasn't the main flower, but because of all of that, it just kind of. Because I, I remember us going, "Wow, there's so many poppies in this show," <laughs> and and fighting it for some reason, and then and then you know, then it seemed to resolve for you that the poppy is definitely the star. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there were, there were other images that were made during this process that I, that I loved that didn't include the poppy. And, um, you know, because I felt that they were important works and revealed things that I wanted to to introduce into the show, it was hard to not include them in the show. It was hard to realize that maybe this journey that I wanted to, to also concentrate on that I wanted the show to feel really like a walk and cohesive and kind of a, a, a slower look and movement through, through one place or mm-hmm. space that moving back and forth between a lot of different plants was really distracting for that, that you didn't, you couldn't sort of, Right. Fall into the space, if you will. You were, you're kind of like always brought out of it and back into like reorienting yourself to what you were looking at. Um, and so it was actually kind of a gift, right? It was like that. Oh, there's a lot of poppies. I don't know about that. That maybe there's too many poppies. Like, oh, well, maybe it needs to be like only poppies or almost only <laughs> poppies so that we can, um, you know, create an experience that, that was more like that walk that I was taking. Um, yes. every day that was led from my garden that had poppies in it to my friend's garden that had poppies in them. And uh, so that, that idea of mirroring that form that came out once we started doing, talking about doing the show. And I was really thinking about that long wall in your gallery and how that, that mirrored the walk itself mm-hmm. along the Arroyo. You know, it was, it was also partly about the space and how the space mirrored the walk or therefore the walk should be a meditation. Therefore, we shouldn't have too many different kinds of flowers. Therefore, the poppy. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect, the poppy. So you're, I wanted to touch on like the choice of materials you use in the show, um, like the rice paper um, that you use to print the photographs on, um, the elegant shelves that the, the poppies are leaning on, and, and like the dowel system where you create this floating, um, image on the wall. Um, how do you, like, can you talk about the concepts behind them and like how you choose those materials? Yeah. I discovered the rice paper. 
around 2015 and fell in love with it for a variety of reasons. It's thinness. Again, it's semi-transparent. So when it's hanging on the dowel system against the wall, there's a little bit of light that moves through it. It's not a, it's not completely, um, opaque because it's only 90 grams. And, um, so it's a thin paper, it's lightweight, it's completely matte. I think that's the the main Mm, thing. It's completely mm -hmm. matte. And so, um, there's no light bouncing around on the surface and there's no plasticity to it. And so it feels for me, it, it has a really like visceral kind of quality and um, a, a softness. I just relate to it on a physical level and the images um, print so beautifully on it. I think when, when I do a show or when I see a show, I like movement within the exhibition. I like, um, moving between certain kinds of objects and physicality. Um, this work is a play, you know, among, among many things, it's a play between physicality and ephemerality, uh, between presence and, um, and something beyond that. And the frames, for example, mounting a work and then framing it just really emphasizes its objectness, becomes very, very physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the physicality of the world around us um, and of, of plants per se. And I also love the physicality of art objects, like of things becoming objects on the wall and things to contemplate and be with. Um, I also love the delicacy of life and of uh, things around us, um, plant forms and their transparency and also their relative short lives um, of something like a flower. Um, And so Things like the dowels where they hang loose and they feel um, uh, fragile. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> people want to really want to touch the paper when they're on the dowels and they want to, in a way that they don't when they're framed. When they're framed, they'd want to like look at them and relate to them as in a physical way. Um, and then when they're on the dowels, I always see people going off to the side to look at the edge of the paper and they, you can see their bodies like, Oh, move to touch. That's, that's great. Um, and they, I think they, they relate to the body in a different way. Um, they, of course, like I said, they relate to light in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it was maybe the whole show was on Dell's. I wouldn't quite get that same range, like at the bookends of objectness and then looseness. Right. Um, and what can happen on the shelves is that, that the works can feel like, textual somehow they feel like like they're on bookshelves they're on um once they're mounted and leaning on a shelf too they become sort of like tablets or texts um and so they're also read differently and um i do see people and myself included like move around them when they're Mm -hmm. on the shelves to sort of see them that way but but not try to touch them in the same way that they will on the dowels so there's like hmm i think it adds for me a level of of movement yeah i mean Little unexpected, you know, um, surprises, not the same thing continually. Um, I think it's great because you're right. It does, it does, um, make you contemplate like your place next to it and how you're looking at it instead of just the image, but all of it, like the light and the physicality of it and everything. So bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, so I, you know, I think we touched on the process, but I just wanted to like say that, um, 
that I was super honored to be at the beginning of the whole project and see like the, the initial ideas and see you kind of fine tuning and struggling with, you know, how the end product um, should look like. And then to see the beautiful exhibition that you've, um, you've produced it's just like it's so cool for me to see that whole process and i wish i could share how awesome <laughs> that was and um i don't know if you want to talk anymore about you know creating the show or if there's um anything about like process you want to talk about that you know might help other struggling artists out there because i mean it isn't easy i saw that it wasn't easy i mean it's a lot of exploring and questioning and and I'm talking too much, so <laughs> feel free to. <laughs> You're absolutely not talking too much, and I appreciate so much those thoughts, um, just the the generosity on your part. Um, incredible to me that uh, the the leap of faith that you made from the very first <laughs> images that I showed you, and um, yeah, and and that that also it was it was exciting for me at that point, you know, because it was like, oh, we're going to do a show of this work. I didn't expect it. I had other work that was more familiar to yeah. me and to you yeah. that I was eager also to show. And so this was an exciting prospect. It was like, this is what I'm working on right now. It's the heart it's the heart of my questions. And yet I had, I don't know what the answers are. I have no idea what they are. Right. And um so it was like, uh, let me get back to you in a few months. I'll show you what I've got and see where we are. And, and there was a lot of that, a mm -hmm. lot more than, than usual, um, for me and, and certainly for you and I, as we have dialogued over the years. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember coming back to you a few different times and being like, I think I need some, I need to show you this. I need to think it through. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm used to that process you know, with my, within myself, but not with a, not with, I'm showing, I'm showing this work in eight months. Um, and mm -hmm. so just, just really putting a, a kind of grinder on it in terms of like how, uh, and, and how, and, and some things just, just take time because you have to make them and then you have to live with them. And then you have to, it's that feedback loop yeah. of like, I have a question, I make the work. Now the work shows me what it's going and now I have to learn how to listen to the work then it's going to give me a new question and now I have to build on that. So that, that loop. And that's just, that's not something that can really in a way can't be rushed, but you got to show up and do the work. So it's like, where's that fine balance of like, you know, I'm showing up doing the work every day. And so it'll, it'll happen. Right. I mm -hmm. think it will. Wink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, wink. It's going to happen. Right. Um, there will be a show. It will be fine. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, no doubt that if I wasn't showing this work here right now, the work, the project wouldn't even be close to done. There's no doubt. Oh, was, you think the deadline sped, sped things up? Completely, yeah. Um, I would still be, like, enjoying making some pictures and thinking about what they may or may not be doing, but I wouldn't really be asking the hard question of now what next. Um, and I think that's because... I tend to have patience with the process, you know, in general yeah. and, and, um, allow things to unfold. And, um, so me, like a, a lot of people, a deadline's not a bad thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, deadlines. Hmm. So those were like all the points I wanted to hit, but is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we wrap it up? I would love to answer that 
really beautiful question that you asked oh. me at the beginning. <laughs> I'd love okay. to try to answer that. Sure. Just, to, uh, just like some, some thoughts on photography. Yeah. Um, I think the, a photograph is a collaboration. I think of all photography as collaboration. There's um, the person who's making the photograph and then there's the thing they're witnessing on the other side. And whether that's, um, you know, a picture of a, another person who you're looking at on the other side and uh, experiencing, or whether it's a tree or a flower, um, there's, a, there's an element of, of collaboration because we change each other. Um, and so I'm really one, I'm really interested in that aspect of photography specifically. Um, and with regard to nature, I guess it goes without say. Yeah. Um, so our, our collaboration with nature is something that, um, is kind of at the heart of all of my research. Um, I love seeing how I am transformed by being out in nature and how, uh, it puts things in perspective to me. Um, it helps me feel connected to the world and peaceful and um, optimistic. Um, and it's, it's just, it's transformative. At the same time as the author of these pictures, I am transforming the natural world around me. I am sh- literally shaping it. I am creating a frame around it and, and putting it into relationship to time. Um, and so... Um, that, that collaborative aspect of myself in the natural world, how we transform one another is kind of at the heart of my work at all of all of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this fabric piece that's included in time being became such an interesting, um, as Barbara Purcell called it fascia, which I thought was the perfect, beautiful world uh, word for it. Yeah. I was really thinking of it as like a, as a, as a mesh, as like, a uh, a screen that was right between myself and the natural world. It was this um, layer that's normally invisible that may, was made physical. That mm, was like, um, okay. there is yeah. this space between me, the viewer, the maker and the outside world. And now we have a screen that's sort of like defined where those spaces are. And I could play with um, having, um, my subject sort of in front of it or behind it or in both spaces as was most often the case was just sort of multiple planes front, the back, the screen itself. Um, and so I feel, I feel like it made visible this sort of collaborative aspect, this um, mesh, this sort of skin or, or fascia between us. Um, and it, of course the, the woven, uh, texture that was in the fabric, which is so visible in the photographs, yeah. physically holds the image together. It also mirrors the uh, the weave of the paper itself, so mm-hmm. it has that trompe l'oeil kind of quality. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it ended up kind of holding so many different things for me. This, and so um, really the my interest in, in talking about transformation of um, and collaboration between a person and her environment thank you so much for sharing that with us honestly it was was fantastic thanks for asking so many good questions (laughs) okay um i want to thank elizabeth for joining me on this podcast the exhibition time being will run through october 3rd i would also like to thank scott 
David Gordon for producing the show and the Black Drum Set for letting us use their song, A Dangerous Drive. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.